Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Getting traded to Minnesota changes nothing. Six foot four guys running four fours. These guys don't grow on trees. And a lot of times I'm willing to bet on especially you know long term on the freak athlete. You don't ever want to overreact to what guys look like in preseason. There's been a ton of preseason all-stars that never make rosters or, or never pan out. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. We're a couple minutes late here. That one's on me. Finishing some things up really quick. We are so excited for week two and had such a great time uh, with week one. Uh, I, I'm, you know, again, so excited. We finally have football back. Uh, of course, I am joined as always by Chris Dauhauer, and we also have a new guest. So, Justin, uh, please introduce yourself. Hi guys, I'm Justin Renderly. Um, I'm from Salina, Ohio. I've been playing fantasy for 15 plus years now. So just looking forward to the rest of the season and getting getting away with week two. Yeah, man, we are super excited to have you. Uh, of course, I am your host, Adam LaRue. Um, you know enough about that. Uh, so guys, how did we do week one with our fantasy teams? How are we, how are we all stacked up? We were talking a little bit about it before um the show started uh chris justin how how we doing yeah started off chris i i you know, i care in about three leagues that i kind of focus on predominantly and those three leagues i went two and one 
Uh, didn't really have any players, you know, go off or anything like that. Um, one of the leagues that, you know, we got to do while out, we were out at the expo, we, you know, you guys got to watch us out there in Canton, Ohio. Um, uh, had Cooper Cup going, so that was kind of my big play for that week. Um, Cooper Cup was somebody I definitely have been huge on. You know that I, I think that you know the, the demise of Cooper Cup and kind of the regression people are calling for is definitely not going to happen. So I was happy to see that. But overall, I team did pretty good. You know, other teams kind of underachieved, but I was happy. It was week one. There we go. There we go. Justin, how we doing? So I got about seven leagues I care about a lot, uh, and I went. Seven for seven in all of those. Uh, right, been on the back of Saquon, so pretty excited about that. Finally paid off, holding on to him for a while. Very excited. I'm having a slow start in redraft this year. It it's been rough. It's kind of killing my win percentage. I was a four and two in dynasty. So for reference, I am I'm in 13 leagues um, <laughs> overall, not including best ball. Um, but dynasty, we we did pretty well. Devi, we did pretty well rough start redraft but we're we're gonna get back we had uh we had some acres we had some robinson it was a, a tough little start there um but we're we're getting back and we're we're you're gonna be making some moves with me because i will certainly be attacking the waiver wire <laughs> after week one um in a lot of those redraft leagues so uh i'll be making these moves with with anyone uh, out there doing so let's get into some week one recap stuff um, there are a lot of things to talk about, namely, uh, primarily the injury to Dak Prescott. I'm wearing an NFC jer- East jersey here. Um, as a Colts fan, I am secondarily the biggest Giants fan of the world this week after that win over uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, keeping things kind of close there. Uh, but yeah, man, the Dallas Cowboys looked rough, obviously having the Dak injury kind of on top of all the issues that they were having, uh, the the thumb He'll be out here for a little bit. So I just kind of wanted to get your take, guys. I know we're going to have some specific transactions related to the Cowboys later in the show, but what's your just initial reaction to the injury, and what are you doing with these players in general um, from the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start off with that. The one thing of positive for any Cowboy fan or Cowboy owner, uh, player owner, was Ezekiel Elliott looked good. Uh, looked fresh, looked healthy, had a little bit of a burst. Um, was probably the most uh, electric player, in a sense, out there on the field. And, you know, C.D. Lamb looked horrible, but had 11 targets. Um, Dak, as you kind of mentioned, got injured towards the end of the game, but was really underachieving. So for my take, I think this is a situation where people are going to really overreact to Dallas' the team. If you've drafted C.D. Lamb, you're not, you, know, you don't want to unload him or sell, uh, sell while he's low. Um, and then you also want to look at people like Zeke and you want to look at like a Dalton Schultz, um, you know, just because Cooper Rush is going to be the quarterback or whoever they kind of determine for the next four to six weeks is going to be the quarterback. doesn't mean the end of the world for these guys. They were still kind of featured in the offense. They were still high usage guys. The problem I saw ultimately for the Cowboys was the line, you know, it wasn't that great, but Dak Prescott played poorly. Adam, you and I talked about this a lot this past off season. You know, could Dak ever get back to being Dak and, I frankly didn't see it. It might be a blessing in disguise for his Dallas offense in a sense that he might be injured. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, one of the things from last year, though, when they were when Cooper Rush was in, uh, he targeted uh, he he targeted his receivers a lot. Cooper and C.D. Lamb, they both were seeing ten plus targets when he when he was in. So I don't think there's going to be an issue for C.D. Lamb at all this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I definitely feel like this is a situation people could end up overreacting to uh, and kind of paying the price. Uh, I also feel like across the league, kind of as a general statement, offensive lines performed rather poorly week one. I don't know. I mean, a lot of them weren't playing a ton in preseason. I'm sure uh, that has something to do with it. But offensive line play, I mean, if you were on Twitter at all today, uh, you saw players on the Panthers blocking each other. You saw you know, all major gaffes in the Green Bay game. You saw major gaffes in the Colts game, uh, like O-line issues everywhere, um, even from like, you know, bigger name Pro Bowl type players. Um, so certainly that's, you know, another thing that I wouldn't get too crazy, you know, ready to overreact to, uh, especially if you have a running back, for instance, um, that struggled week one due to O-line play. Speaking of that, to head over to the LA Rams, where Cam Akers is kind of the talk, and Cam Akers and Allen Robinson, really. Um, but Daryl Henderson kind of led the show with his magnificent 3.4 yards per carry, which was above the 2.9 average uh, that the team had. Now, mm-hmm. Henderson's de- usage is definitely enticing, so I'm not going to you know try to knock that. Um, but certainly... If you had any of these Rams running backs, you're a little concerned, right? Because efficiency looked like it was going to be non-existent. Granted, this is a good front they were going up against. But guys, what are we thinking about these Rams players? Is it much of the same or is this a situation where you're kind of freaking out about them? Um, I'm not freaking out so much. Uh, I'm just going to kind of chalk it up to week one. They looked rusty. Both teams actually did, so just kind of want to see what's going to go happen forward maybe another week or two to see if that's that that split like it was or if can makers start showing up chris oh you're yeah so i just want to clear some things out first first of all i heard a lot of rhetoric about matthew stafford's arm and that was the issue and that's why the rams offense was such a problem i didn't really see stafford's arm issues i thought he looked more healthy than he did towards the end of the season last year so that wasn't a concern what was concerning is the offensive line poor play you know, losing Whitworth, we, we, we knew that was going to kind of hinder this offense and that, you know, throughout the last two, three years, it definitely has hindered him every time he's been out or retired and unretired. Um, so maybe they're hoping he retires again and saves the day. What I think has to happen, though, is that you talked about some of these offensive lines, you know, kind of struggling week one. Look at a lot of these systems. You had the McVay tree and you got the Kyle Shanahan tree all throughout this NFL. Those systems and those, you know, zone run schemes all take timing. And they also rely a lot of times, while we had some players, you know, notable players have some gaps, a lot of times it's these no-name players where they're trying to get away with these, you know, making do on the offensive line because the system kind of saves the day. But you need guys kind of not being left on the island. You need guys kind of working in continuity. And when that doesn't happen, people get exposed. So like an Austin Corbett or some of the guys in the Rams line basically got exposed when they got one-on-one, cover, you know, matchups. Um, I think that things are going to be corrected, you know, as the season kind of progresses. But there definitely was a handover, as Justin kind of alluded to. The Rams just didn't look like they were ready to play. It looked like they got kind of fooled themselves the past off season. They didn't have any, you know, preseason practices and that big thing for this team. Matthew Stafford didn't throw off season, so it kind of looked like that. The only person that showed up was Cooper Cup. Um, you know, so for me, what I'm going to take out of it is you can ride Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Don't overreact. Robert Woods, you know, struggled at the beginning of last year. Until Tom McVay said Robert Woods is going to be involved, and then Robert Woods got involved. So McVay acknowledged all, you know, Robinson needs to be more involved, so don't worry about that. Um, he had plenty of, you know, he's out there for most of the snaps. The other part, you know, in the Cam Akers situation, I don't know how to kind of answer that. I am a big believer that it was going to be a split. People kind of argue with me that. 
uh, with my you know my co-host Dan Mater um, on DC Fantasy Football Show. But I thought Cam Akers was still going to be worth a you know top pick in a sense, where he was going to get a 60-40 or 55-45, kind of like you know the Dylan um, and Aaron jo- Aaron Jones kind of roles or Devontae and Melvin Gordon type of roles, where you can kind of have one guy still eat. Um, I just didn't think Haymakers was going to get three carries. I don't know where that happened. I know some of it was the flow of the game. I do expect it to kind of bounce back. And if I'm out there and I'm buying people who were overreacting to Cam Akers and, you know, it's all over for Cam Akers and Henderson's going to be the guy, don't get mistaken. You know, when it comes down to McVay prefers, other than when he had Todd Gurley, to split two guys, maybe even three at times. We had Malcolm Brown a couple of years ago. We've seen Henderson. That's how he got kind of started being involved as a split guy. So I wouldn't necessarily write off Cam Akers. Kerr Williams got hurt, so that's a good thing for, in the sense there won't be three guys. I just would patient and buy, 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 buy Cam Akers stock if you can. Yeah, it is a really, really interesting uh, situation for the Rams. And what I'll what I'll say, uh, it's you got to be really optimistic with what you saw out of James Robinson if you have Akers on your rosters. Now, luckily, the only rosters. I do have Acres. I also have James Robinson, so there will be a direct swap on the depth chart right there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, coming back from very similar injuries and similar-ish time frames. Obviously, Acres has had time over this past offseason to recover. Um, after him, he made a quick recovery. Um, you know, by the end of last season. Um, but yeah, certainly after an Achilles injury, seeing James Robinson still, still look. Ex- explosive still be able to make big plays both as a receiver and as a runner obviously etn mostly the receiver there but certainly robinson uh when he was given those opportunities played well um so i I feel like you have to feel good at least that there is finally an example of someone who has played well post achilles because the one thing that if you were an acres owner you had to you know face facts with is that there hasn't in recent memory come back from acls nothing anymore realistically Coming back from an Achilles, however, it's still kind of tough. There's still not been a lot of recent examples of it going well, um, or at least returning completely to, uh, you know, the level of play prior. Um, but James Robinson kind of gives you at least some hope, I, I would think, at least. Um, moving on to another injury, another very unfortunate injury. TJ Watt will be missing a few weeks here. Uh, the Steelers and most scoring settings were the defense one week one um, and they have an enticing matchup this next upcoming week so uh, guys I, I know again we'll be talking about them a little bit later so apologies but is this a situation where I mean he's a dominant force and he was doing crazy things at the line of scrimmage on uh, against an offensive line that everyone kept trying to tell me the Bengals fixed the offensive line. The Bengals fixed the offensive line all offseason. That's all I hear. And listen, Justin, I know you're a Bengals fan. I'm from the Cincinnati area. Yeah. So I am invested in this. They upgraded the offensive line. Upgraded, fixed. Very different terms. <laughs> they very different, yes. Close to league average from very bad. That's what happened. <laughs> they didn't fix anything. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell uh, my Bengals fan friends all all uh, off season, but at any rate, TJ Watt kind of made a massacre of that upgraded offensive oh. line uh, week one, and then goes out with an injury. So, guys, my question is: Can they continue to be a dominant fantasy defense where they're getting a ton of turnovers or making a ton of plays 
without such a, you know, defensive MVP level player. Yeah, so let's first let's address this this Cincinnati offensive line since I'm not a biased person situation. I agree <laughs> with you, Adam, though. Um, one of the things I kept trying to point out is the upgrade was in the run blocking department. It was not in the pass blocking department. They added guys like Collins and Karras who struggle as pass protectors, as we saw yesterday. Um, the Steelers, in fact, you know, what they lived off of was turnovers. And I think that, you know, Watt definitely affects that. So it's going to kind of damper some of their production, of course. Having the edge rusher is huge. You know, we all, we all know the NFL is built on getting how much pressure can you get in the guys. But it does help you against some of the you know, more average offenses where if you can cause turnovers, they upgrade it. They're better. They look way better against the run than they had last year. Pittsburgh's defense can still kind of, you know, hold serve to a degree. It might not be an elite defense. But against certain matchups, it's still a good defense that you can kind of play accordingly. Cool, cool. And then our last little game that I want to make sure we talk about before we started getting into some actions that we're going to make, some transactions that we're going to be making in week two is Monday Night Football from last night. So, guys, what's our takeaway uh, here? Man, it looked a lot like... Same old Russ to me. I don't know how you guys feel, but there wasn't, you know, this enlightenment where he can throw to the middle. That didn't quite happen, uh, certainly. Um, you know, still great. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Great balls deep to the outside. Great at it. Amazing deep ball to the outside. And that is more or less it. I think he's still going to kind of struggle against the teams that he was naturally going to struggle against kind of, you know, with that skill set. And, you know, this new offense change of scenery isn't going to change that. He's still going to be electric at times. You know, you saw him moving around the pocket really, really well. Um, He did make some good throws. He missed some good throws, but he didn't play all preseason. So I, I think most of that you can knock to Russ. I, I think Russ is going to be a good quarterback, um, but I think a lot of people maybe assumed that uh, Seattle was holding him back. When in reality, I think he's going to be a, a similar-ish player, um, you know, that has a better running game, better offensive line, better defense. But nonetheless, he himself probably pretty similar. Uh, guys, what were your your takeaways from Monday Night Football, if anything? The Javante Williams usage was promising, by the way. Throw that out there. He looked good too. Yeah, he he did. He looked great. Uh, the The split between him and Gordon wasn't as much as I thought. I think Javante took a lot more of the piece uh, of the pie than I thought he was going to. I thought it was going to be closer to a 50-50 and it looked more like a seventy thirty split. So yeah. that was a good takeaway. And Gino looked great. Gino, Gino looked like look- he had been studying behind all those great quarterbacks he's been behind. <laughs> 
Penny did too. Seattle's offense was, I see Chris smirking because I know he's about to, a lot of I told you so's about the this, this Seattle team as a whole. Who Tariq Wolin, who we've been talking about all offseason uh, as an aside, played uh, pretty well uh, as well. But, but yeah, Chris, tell us about the Seattle offense that looked pretty freaking efficient. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that people are going to be down on was, of course, DK Metcalf only had seven catches for 36 yards. You definitely encourage in full point PPR by the seven catches. You realize the volume is going to be there. And that, you know, when you look at the matchup, basically he was being shadowed the entire game. That's why he you know, kind of struggled to get down the field. It wasn't that he was matched up with, you know, the average guys. He was averaging the ball, had big time uh, you know, coverage on him. So that's encouraging, I think. Offensively, Rashad Penny looks good. The young tackles looks good overall. I mean, this is the first time since 1970 that two rookie tackles have started an NFL game of the beginning of the season. So it was really encouraging, I think, overall for Seattle. As going back to what you kind of kicked off with this, you know, Adam, was the, the Russ question and kind of what did Denver look like. Um, I think that Denver's offense and Russ in particular, you, you were encouraged because you said, you know, it looks like what you saw in Seattle. Well, you know, for, until last year, Russ had been yeah. – banked on a top 10 quarterback, if not, you know, smelling the top five most years. You've seen a reduction in the rushing yards. That's a huge thing. He did look, you know, spry last last night, but he didn't necessarily run the ball, which is what people fantasy care about. Still had a good start. So if you started Russell Wilson, you weren't hurt. What you were disappointed by was, you know, the red zone efficiency. Um, that will should get better with timing and, you know, kind of improvement. But I do have some concerns as to kind of express, you know, Denver's offense in general. Number one, we kind of warned you about Nathaniel Hackett and the Green Bay coaching staff, and we've seen that and you know, we'll get to the Jets maybe eventually, but that this coaching staff might be a little overrated, especially the tree, and that they can make some questionable calls because Aaron Rodgers masks a lot. Um, in particular, Aaron Rodgers seemed to mask a lot was he looked for Devonta Adams consistently in the red zone because the red zone offense is pretty uncreative overall. And you kind of saw that with Denver. They had some struggles with you know timing, with clock management, and also just kind of missed throws. Russell improved. Overall, I think Denver's offense is going to be what you kind of hoped it was. Judy was the big guy I took out of that. And all the questions of what Judy's involvement is going to be. Is it going to be Sutton or, or Judy? I think that we kind of, you know, on this show, I've been kind of encouraging you to get both because they're both going to eat Lockett and, you know, DK both eight. So why wouldn't it be any different here? And I think Javante, Melvin Gordon, you're excited. You know, Melvin Gordon definitely got a share of the, the carries. Wasn't necessarily as involved in the passing attack or as many plays. But I think both of you guys, if you're a Melvin Gordon over a Javante Williams owner, you weren't, you know, you're happy. But you kind of like, look, like I said, now I referred to Green Bay situation with Dylan and Aaron Jones. There's a lot of times, you know, the future in fantasies, particularly in backfields, is you're going to have multiple guys you can kind of eat off. That second running back is quite often going to be kind of a flex option for you. So that's where I think this has kind of shined out that you still have a flex option in Melvin Gordon. Yeah, agreed, agreed. We got a comment, kind of the elephant in the room from a fellow belly up guy, Kevin Wilson. Uh, Russ's coach needs to trust him late in games. Apparently, uh, you kind of talked about some of the problems with the the coaching staff and their tree. Uh, I think we can agree that between time management and decision making, that was one of the worst single minutes of coaching that I've seen in quite a bit. Like that was some they did McCarthy proud. I'll say that for Hackett. He did McCarthy proud um, with his game management there um at the end uh any any comments on that before we we take a quick break transition 
All right, cool. Well, we are going to uh, move into some streaming options at the QB and defense. Uh, before we do that, we are going to get a quick word from our sponsor, True Classic. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt to cap season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find a perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. And we're back. We actually lost Chris there. I was kind of surprised that he had uh, given up the opportunity to dunk on Nathaniel Hackett there at the end. Um, surprised he passed that up, and it was because he had frozen and left, but we got him back uh, just in time to go over some streaming options at both QB and defense. And we're going to get straight into that with my top three guys that I'm going to go ahead and stream if I'm streaming QBs. Um, and we're, this is going to be pretty similar between the three of us. Um, so, I mean, let's just talk about Wentz and Ryan now as all three of us, um, you know, took some variation of these guys. So, um, you know, I'm the biased guy. I don't want to talk about Ryan. So, Chris, you're going to be the most negative about him. So you go, <laughs> you go ahead and you can talk about him. You can be the voice of reason with Matt Ryan. Yeah, so for myself, I think Matt Ryan is a good play this week. Isn't a guy that's just like buy for the whole season. You like the volume that you saw. You like the connection you saw with Pittman. Um, as the game kind of progressed, him and Paris Campbell started getting more and more on the same page. What you kind of struggle with is the notion of him throwing 50-something times a game. Again, um, it reminded me a lot of Philip Rivers, Adam, so I'm sorry there. And I don't know how it's going to pan out for this. Like, Colts fans might be happy about that. Or it could just be the same old, same old. Um, you know, but I think this week, if you're looking at a defense that he can kind of exploit, it's easy matchup. There shouldn't be a lot of pass pressure. And the offensive line should play a lot better than they did last week for the Colts. So overall, I think Matt Ryan's a solid play this week. All right. And then, Justin, uh, if you have anything to comment on there, please do, uh, by all means. Then otherwise, I want to hear your thoughts on Carson Wentz. Okay. Pretty much the only thing I can add to Matt Ryan is uh, he threw – 50 times. Uh, it was the third most in week one. Uh, I don't expect that to change against Jacksonville. And then uh, it was for 352 yards, which was also the second most in week one. So uh, I'm hoping he just continues that trend. 
couple of drop uh, touchdowns moving into there, Carson too, Just real quick. Yeah, a yes. couple of drop touchdowns. So, I mean, you certainly could have had a couple of things change slightly, and you have a pretty massive game from Matt Ryan in fantasy uh, from that perspective, just to you know, add on there. But, yeah, Justin, take away Carson Wentz. <laughs> All right. So, I like Carson Wentz this week. Um, he looked great. He threw four four touchdowns. He rotated between all his receivers. Each one was good. Everybody's on the waiver wire for for uh, Washington right now. But uh, he has Detroit this week. They finished thirty one on the uh, on the week with their defense. Um, they allowed Hertz to throw for two hundred forty three yards, which he's not that great of a passer. He's more of a rusher. So I think Carson Wentz can outdo that for sure. And then. Uh, Detroit has a great offense, or maybe not great, but good. They're going to stay in games, and they're going to put up points, and I think that's going to force Carson Wentz to have to put up points as well. Let me tell you, that Detroit offense, uh, passing-wise, got a lot better there in the second half. His run game was great all game long, but second half, they turned it on uh, passing-wise. But we'll we'll get into that. But uh, I'll talk about Baker Mayfield first. Listen, that's a tough week one assignment. Uh, the Cleveland defense, we've talked about it a lot. They don't always have, um, you know, those defining moments of like amazing play, but they are a solid unit at pretty much every position. Um, JOK made some great plays. He's someone I really loved when he came out. Um, obviously, they have Miles Garrett. Obviously, they have the great secondary. Um, and there were a lot of promising plays made by Baker Mayfield and the Carolina offense as a whole. And you did that without Christian McCaffrey being the monster receiver that we all expect him to be and still expect him to be. I mean, he still looked quick. You just didn't get points for that, you know, 30-yard fumble recovery that he got when Baker dropped the ball off the snap. Um, Unfortunately, you didn't get points for that. But he looked great. Christian McCaffrey did. And that gives, I think, Baker a really big opportunity um, to have a great game. Uh, when you have, you know, a receiver like Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, you have just so many options. Um, you know, his connection with Robbie Anderson looked like one that was great for as much as Robbie Anderson was talking about not have, not wanting Baker Mayfield uh, at quarterback. It looked great. You'll assume that DJ Moore is going to kind of get into the mix a little bit more. Um, so honestly, uh, I as much as, you know, you would have loved to see them get the win and Baker did have the pick and did – you know, ha- drop the ball uh, overall for that being week one and for him to have really not been, uh, he didn't even get a full off off season, really. Um, you know, he was kind of adjusting for the first little bit of it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that was a not bad first appearance for Wentz. Um, so I, I think he's a good streaming option. Um, moving on to our next guy. And again, we have Wentz and Ryan. We also have Chris, and it, it pained me to not add Mariota to mine. But Chris, talk about Mariota. I, it frustrated me to no end, everyone in the industry just being so excited. Trey Lance didn't have the best fantasy game, but those 13 rushing attempts you know, show a lot for the future. But then you have Mariota, who we're not talking about, who had 12 rushing attempts for a lot more yards. But Chris, take it away. <laughs> Yeah, what's the cheat code in fantasy football at quarterback? Rushing quarterbacks, we see that every year. Marcus Mariota, the thing that we were you know were excited about when he got drafted in the NFL was his use of his legs. We didn't kind of see that as much as we wanted to in Tennessee, but if he's been unleashed under Arthur Smith, and we kind of saw that there was a lot of pistol action, a lot of misdirection, 
And, you know, another guy that's going to be kind of forgotten about, we, we were beating the drum off offseason was you know, Cordell Patterson. Hey, they, yeah, he still plays. He's still good. Um, but you're not going to expect him to rush for 130 yards again. So as a result, Mariota's numbers could go up even higher. Um, this line looked pretty decent. The passing attack was kind of finding its rhythm as the game progressed. So I think that what we kind of saw for Marcus Murray was, in a sense, a baseline, and it could only go up from here. So for me, this is a guy that you don't only want to stream. could be an ad for the entire season. As long as he's a quarterback, I think he's a guy you could play. A lot of people have been beating the drum for Desmond Ritter to play. I don't see why LA is going to move on from a former number one quarterback for Desmond Ritter. So I think this guy, as long as he keeps playing well, doesn't turn the ball over. We had some, you know, kind of gas with the fumbles at the, towards the end of the season, towards the end of the game. But overall, Marcus Mariota was aggressive, which we haven't said, you know, at all for his career yet. <laughs> um, and he looked great as a result of that. So the, the rushing with his legs and being aggressive down the field with the Arthur Smith's mix, yeah, I'm buying. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, definitely agree there. Uh, we have one more quarterback we haven't talked about. That's Justin. You spoke about Jared Goff. So definitely want to hear your take there. Like I said, their offense second half looked a lot better. Yeah, it definitely did. And I kind of touched on it earlier. Um, Detroit, their defense just isn't that great. So their offense is going to have to carry them for the most part. And Goff finally has some weapons in Detroit this year that I think he can rely on and is just going to put up the fantasy points for him. So he's only 13.7% rostered, uh, and he only threw one interception, which was actually pretty good for him. So, Yeah. Yeah, and again, Adam, I, yeah, Chris? Just to kind of jump on, you know, for Justin's Jared Goff, I didn't have on my list, one of the things that really impressed me was the pace of Detroit play. If Detroit's going to play at this pace this entire season, that's another cheat code for fantasy football. So having a quarterback in an up-tempo offense that has great pace, lots of plays, could be a definite buy. And even adding on to that, like, we, we talked off all offseason like, man, Chark is just such a weird fit for Goff. But the early, early signs are that it might actually work pretty well. And we definitely didn't have any concerns about Chark being a talented receiver. It was just how well can he mesh with Goff. And at least early, I was, I'm kind of optimistic about them kind of moving forward. Well, yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of where the, one of the narratives in the offseason actually met you know, on the field, where all offseason you've heard about how Shark and Golf have been connected and how they've been working together. And it was obvious they're definitely on the same page. And let's not forget, Gardner Minshew didn't have the most strongest arm in the world, but he loves him from DJ Shark. So Jared Golf, you know, when he was in the Rams, did throw the ball down the field more than two yards. So it, it is possible for DJ Shark to eat down the field, too. Absolutely. All right, we're moving on to streaming some defenses. So we'll we'll talk me first. I have the Steelers, which we talked about earlier, uh, Panthers and Browns. A lot of these will be uh, repeats here as well. But uh, and Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things: customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Chris, which one of these do you have? You have Panthers, yeah? Is that correct? Yeah, I have the Panthers. I have all I have yeah. all these defenses. I like the matchups. 
Um, so which one? So which one would you like to me to comment? Yeah, on? Talk, I want you to talk about the Panthers. I was pretty sure that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know that you know we kind of saw the Cleveland win the game. People talked a lot about Brissett kind of bringing the game back, and you know, the Panthers' defense isn't what you hoped it to be. It definitely wasn't as shiny as it could be, but you saw a lot of positives. They were able to kind of shut down the passing attack. They did a pretty good job versus the run. And they're playing the New York Giants. I know you have the jersey on, Adam, and you're, you're a Giants fan today because they, you know, <laughs> help be the Titans. Oh, that ends but, warm. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. The Titans <laughs> pretty much lost that game, and I don't think the Giants necessarily won that game. Um, the defense, Offensively, Daniel Jones continues to have turnover issues. That's why he was getting reamed out on the sideline. So I think that's not something you kind of worry about. As long as they can kind of contain Saquon Barkley, he doesn't run romper room on the kind of Panthers. Their pass rush, their secondary is a tough matchup for the Giants, so I like them this week. Um, absolutely agreed. That man right there, Brian Burns, should be getting him some Daniel Jones um, upcoming shortly. Uh, Justin, I know you have – let me look really quick. You have the Steelers, so I want to go ahead and share with us why the Steelers are going to continue to play well. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it's going to be with Mac Jones if he's in or out. Uh, if he's yeah. out, I think – they're just going to eat up a backup quarterback. So Minka Fitzpatrick, he looked great last weekend with a couple of interceptions. And I think he continues with that, that uh, stretch this week. Yeah, no, no question there. All right. And then of course, uh, Cleveland, I mean, what do I have to say other than they're playing the Jets? <laughs> they also have some offensive or some defensive talent themselves. Um, didn't have a crazy good fantasy game, but did get some turnovers, uh, or a turnover at least, against uh, Carolina. And Carolina should be a much better offense than the New York Jets. Although I will give the Jets credit. Michael Carter looked really good. Um, Corey looked good. But as a whole, not great. Not great. <laughs> yeah, that offensive line definitely didn't look good. And Ikawa struggled against Miles Garrett. The Jets don't even have an Ikawa to kind of, you know, which he's a terrible pass checker, by the way. I kept saying that. And they only have a guy like that to kind of, you know, hold down Miles Garrett so it could be a long day for Joe Flacco. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Chris, we pretty much just have the Broncos out of you. Yeah, so I get to comment twice on defense. That seems to be my, my specialty in the fantasy yeah. thing. And, um, so the Brown, <laughs> you know, the Brown, the Broncos defense, we talked about how Gino looked. It was a lot of thinking Duncan games. They held DK Metcalf with Patrick Sertan, basically shadowed him the entire game. That was extremely encouraging. You know, Patrick Sertan's only in the second season. He was one of the top-rated PFF guys towards the end of the season last year. Um, he's making that ascension possibly as that next, you know, top-tier corner. Then you have the, the kind of other guys left over from Denver. You know, Von Miller's not there anymore, but you still have Chubb. You still have those linebackers. You still have Summons in the secondary. And you have a nice matchup coming up this week. So I think Denver's defense can be a nice buy, and especially needing something you consider for long-term to add for your team. I'll say the pass rush, they were quiet first half. Second half, Chubb just went off. He definitely looked like if he can continue that, you know, the level of play he had in the second half, um, you're going to get a lot out of having the Broncos defense on your roster. Absolutely, right. and I think the chances offense has to score some points and get up this game versus this past game where they didn't. You get a 14-0 with that defense, that pass rush gets turned up another level as well. Absolutely. 
All right, Bengals, Steelers, and Browns again. Like I said, we kind of uh, went through all of these again. Um, so, Justin, is there anything that you think we we missed talking about these threes you want to hit before we get – Bengals, he hasn't talked about. Oh, we haven't talked about yeah. Bengals. You're right. Yeah. So, so, it's, again, the same thing. There's no Dak, backup quarterback. Uh, Cooper Rush is going to make mistakes. Uh, Cincinnati came in to this the season with – one of the top defenses. Uh, it showed this this weekend. Um, holding Pitts, it should have been a way bigger slaughter than what it was, but they were able to hold Pittsburgh in the red zone quite a few times. So it didn't look as bad as what it was. And I don't think they'll have any problem holding Dallas, holding Dallas back at all. And then the following week, they have the Jets as well. So they should just feast there. So it's a good streamer for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. No, agreed. And that that is something that's important to keep in mind, too, is like when you can get a defense that you can chain a couple weeks together. Uh, Like I said, I had the Steelers in a couple spots uh, this past week just because of that offensive line. Um, And that kind of gave me the opportunity where I can use them back to back weeks and at least get, you know, not have to worry about using my waiver spot (laughs) on them or on a defense. You know, I can use it somewhere else uh, for for a week. Um, but we are going to get a quick word from our sponsor Manscaped. Uh, and then when we get back, we'll be talking transactions from the three of us. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long with Manscaped's state-of-the-art tech will have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Meet the best valued bundle yet for the Manscaped Pocket Rockets, the Platinum Package. At quarterback, the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a wily vet who makes sure the unit is running smoothly and scoring nonstop with proprietary advanced skin safe technology, the lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the ball. Plus, it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. At running back, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, built to bust through all the right holes, a hairless nostril just helps it keep a nose for the end zone. On the offensive line, we have our unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodor and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection, standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean through all four quarters. Add wide out, the cleanest duo in the league, the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner. With their rugged scent, they attract both the ball and all the ladies in the crowd. Plus, these two leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated. That means more plays on the field and less water breaks. At tight end, the product makes your end look tight. Manscaped's anti-chafing boxer briefs, a dedicated jewel pouch to increase ball handling and a cool, steady vibe thanks to their moisture-wicking fabric. On defense, there's only one thing you need, the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. With refined cologne, quality fragrance, it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground. Plus, it dries clear so the opponent won't even know what hit them. 
to top it all off, we throw in the best coach in the league, the Shred Travel Bag, as a free bonus built to hold the team together. This travel size bag has a fumble-resistant zipper. This has got to be a Super Bowl-winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to Manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP. All right, we're back. Welcome again to Belly Up Fantasy Live Tuesday edition where we are talking some transactions to get your team right. You know, whether you won or lost week one, we're looking down the line for the championship. Uh, of course, joined as always by Chris, uh, adding Justin this week, which who we are super excited to have and who we are going straight to. So Justin, um, here is your list of week two transactions, and this is the time where you get to really run wild because go for it. This is all you, boss. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so this is going to be a bit of a hot take. Um, I'm selling DeAndre Swift in redraft leagues. He had a heck of a week one outing, but uh, my fear is Jamal Williams is just going to eat into that. He took two touchdowns from him already, and I don't think we're going to get 120-plus uh, rushing yards out of Swift every week. I think it's just going to be matchup based for him. So that's that's a big reason why I'm selling him this week or overall. Uh, we'll get. We'll let you get straight back into that. But something that um, I, I will say makes me not hate this is that you have to be a little discouraged if you're a Swift owner that since uh, old head coach has become the play caller on offense as well the receiving value of Swift and really the running back position as a whole has dropped like a rock. Like the running backs are not getting thrown to nearly as much as they were beginning of last season. So that certainly hurts because that's one of Swift's best characteristics. Yes, it is. And, and the whole Jamal Williams, he's, it's not just the this year thing. It's been a reoccurring thing ever since he's gotten to Detroit. So this is nothing new. We saw it last year. I think it just keeps continuing this year. Uh, Justin, quick question. This coaching staff is from the New Orleans tree where Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both kind of shared the backfield. Can DeAndre, you know, DeAndre Swift kind of play the Alvin Kamara role and still be a fantasy relevant or top five guy like Alvin Kamara was? Uh, I think he can as long as the split stays more closer to like a 70 30. Uh, but if it starts creeping to the 60 40, 45, 55 split like I, we've seen in the past, I just don't think it's going to be as likely unless he's bust out a lot of big plays. All right. I just um, will so say one cat real, real quick, Adam, just one caveat yeah. I did notice in that game was, you know, you talked about Jamal Williams kind of stealing the touchdowns. DeAndre Swift had big runs before being taken. It wasn't necessarily just he had, you know, Jamal Williams was the goal line back. It was DeAndre Swift ran really far, got tired. Jamal Williams came in for the touchdown. So just kind of want to clarify that a little bit. Yep, yep, and I think we'll we might see a lot of that in, in between the twenties for him. He, he's very known for busting out those big plays, and then he's going to rest when it comes time when he gets him in the red zone, and Jamal's just going to come in and take him away. Yeah, definitely something that if you're a Swift owner, you'll be eyeing. You know, uh, it, were those Jamal Swift or Jamal? God, Jamal Williams uh, red zone touches 
were they fluky or is that kind of the plan going forward? That's just something we're going to have to continue to kind of watch for sure. Um, yeah. Take it away, Justin. Okay. Moving forward, uh, dropping Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake was the guy there this week. It, it showed, uh, I think he had 11 carries, but more importantly, most of the valuable rushing, I think is still just going to come from Lamar Jackson. Uh, when they get in the red zone, if they're going to rush, Lamar Jackson's going to rush that touchdown, not Kenyon Drake not Mike Davis. So I think he's a safe play to drop. Great. Great. Uh, moving on to Greg Dortch. Uh, he's one of my top wide receivers, if not my number one I'm targeting this week. Uh, Arizona didn't look good. Uh, Rondell Moore, we have no idea when he's coming back. And Greg Dortch was out on the field for 91% of the snap count and saw nine targets for seven receptions, 63 yards, zero touchdowns. I think he'll get at least one this week and see the same numbers. Yeah, I mean, his snap count was definitely uh, something that you got to be happy about if you have him, and really if you have Rondale Moore, um, because that seems to be kind of the role and vision for him, um, which is why I'm not necessarily going out straight to buy him, but certainly if he's someone I can get, uh, for nothing, like no fab, for instance, then I, you know, I'll take it for sure. Um, because uh, Dorch is going to have value until Rondale returns for sure. I agree. Uh, moving on to CD, I think he's uh, he's definitely a good trade for candidate. Buy him wherever you can. Uh, there's going to be owners that are tilting on the Dallas offense, thinking Cooper Rush isn't gonna, gonna isn't gonna amount to much. So. He's just a target that I'm shooting for. And then uh, for a deeper ad would be uh, Ben. I'm hoping I pronounced it right. It's Gronek, uh for Los Angeles Rams. Uh, let's see. Where is he? Right there. Uh, he was out on the field for 88% of the snap count. Um, he's filling the role for Van Jefferson while he's out for a few more weeks. And uh, when he was out on the field, he saw six targets, which was second most behind uh, – Cooper Cup for the wide receivers. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting, it is. but if it gets you points, then I mean we had this all last season of some of the dumb wide receivers getting trot out by the Jaguars, where it was like, well, feels gross, but <laughs> if you got points, like I will and there's one other one I want to mention. Yeah. Just to keep your eye on uh, as the weeks go forward, Zach Wilson, as his uh, recovery starts inching forward, this is more so for like super flex, or if your league just likes to hoard hoard the quarterbacks. Um, the the Jets passed, uh, had the most passing attempts in week one with 59. So if that continues, uh, Zach Wilson is just going to have so many opportunities and their receiving core is pretty stout. So I don't think there's going to be an issue if they're throwing 60 times a game. 100% agreed, agreed. Um, okay, cool. Chris. Yeah, so getting to some of my transactions and ads, I think Jeff Wilson Jr. obviously is a must-add. Elijah Mitchell went down. We saw Jeff Wilson Jr. was clearly the number two back. I know, you know Price Davis wasn't active, so there's talk about him. Mason was active. He's more of a special teams guy, but he's got a lot of talk about, you know, being involved as well. It would not necessarily be Davis Price, which, you know, this is a 49er, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is the guy that you want to have because he has the utmost upside. This is one of the few guys that can become, you know, a potential three-down back. When last time Elijah Mitchell missed a significant time, 
Jeff Wilson Jr. took over, had a couple games where he was over 30 points. Mostly just from the volume. You know, this offense barely features a guy who, in the passing attack and the running attack. Usually it's one or the other. Jeff Wilson Jr. kind of gets the get-out-of-jail-free card in that backfield where he gets used for both. So I think he's a must-add this week. Yeah, agreed. He, he, he's been this elite handcuff before, so I, no notes. <laughs> uh, the next one's going to be Julio Jones. Um, go, go ahead, Justin. No, I was just going to ask. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that they, – did they sign Marlon Mack tonight? And I was just going to ask if they did, if that, if that affects anything for you. What it, it doesn't affect anything for me now. What it kind of ensures you is Jeff Wilson Jr. is not the most durable guy either. So Elijah Mitchell, while he notoriously gets hurt, Jeff Wilson Jr. will probably be your guy for the next four, to four weeks maybe before he gets hurt. So I think that's Marlon Mack is a guy to have on your radar down the road. Um, so that's a good point, Justin. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris? Oh, no. <laughs> well, Might have lost him again. Yep, yep, not again. Uh, his laptop does like the crap out on us. Um, we have an, an amazing freeze frame of his face here, though. Um, <laughs> we'll go ahead and start talking about mine until he's able to return. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Jawan Johnson is a steal right now if he continues to get the usage that he was getting um, this past week. He was on the field for 70-plus percent of the, the snaps. I want to believe, say it was like 74 or something on that ballpark. And he was running routes a good portion. You know, I think he was maybe third or so uh, on the team as far as routes are concerned. So while he didn't have a big game, the usage is very encouraging. And obviously tight end is a position where you want to get any edge you can. Um, if you can get some value out of Jawan Johnson, um, then I would go ahead and say – take it but we're going to go back to chris's list um now that he has returned julio jones which is a great option played really well um in his debut for the tampa bay buccaneers so chris go ahead and take it away yeah they're trying to silence me adam i'm trying to keep all this great great advice away from you guys i don't know what's going on um yeah so Julio Jones is a guy that I think I must add. You know, Chris Godwin might have might not got hurt significantly with his hamstring, but you know that he wasn't kind of hundred percent as it was. What looked great to you, to me at least, was Julio Jones looked explosive, got clocked twenty miles an hour at one point with one of his runs, and he was taking jet sweeps. I mean, I didn't even see that in Atlanta very often, Adam. So I was excited about the usage, about the potential of Julio Jones, and with you know Godwin and Evans having injury concerns for most of their last couple of years, I think Julio is a must add. Sterling Shepard is another guy that just you know won't die. Um, we <laughs> keep getting exciting about all these other receivers for the New York Giants. Um, you know, it was Tony. It was going to be Robinson. This guy I was kind of touting. Halliday's obviously somebody's kind of falling down the food chain. But we know Sterling Shepard seems to be Daniel Jones's best friend. Uh, Daniel Jones loves him since Sterling Shepard. Whenever he's out there, Sterling Shepard was supposed to be active this past game. Wound up playing the most snaps of any receiver. Had the most yards. Had explosive touchdown. And so I think it goes nowhere but up for Sterling Shepard and his usage because he was already the most used receiver. So Sterling Shepard, unfortunately, or fortunately, is we're back. must add this week. <laughs> we are back with Sterling Shepard. My God, you, you couldn't have said it any better with. <laughs> he just will not go away. Um, my next guy is a little bit maybe a, a controversial guy where some people might kind of talk about the snaps he played, the usage. He only ran, you know, 14 uh, routes. 
He was only involved you know, five times, but he had two touchdowns, not sure Hilliard. What I saw is kind of matched what I've heard of hype all offseason. A guy that the Tennessee Titans love to utilize that is clearly the backup to Derrick Henry. They already talked about that he would be utilized both in the passing third down back and early down situation because he shows he can handle both. He's the more explosive guys. I mean, this guy shined out last year, played really well towards the end of the season. People kind of forgot about him. Had a great stint when he was in Cleveland a couple of games. You know, this guy keeps shining out and we get a chance to turn similar to Jonas Johnson. Um, and Hilliard kind of found a home for himself here, a coaching staff that likes to throw the ball. So I think when you look at it, Hilliard's a great handcuff, but a guy that maybe have flex option moving down. Tanhill looked at him in the backfield. This is a guy they're going to kind of move around for matchups and might be a, definitely a guy for a full point PPR leagues, but even half point or standard leagues might be a guy to have on your radar. Yeah, agreed. Whenever you can get a handcuff that has outside value, uh, it's always nice. And like I said, I love the pass catching thing. I just like they're, I think they're going to look Ben White to kind of get this guy involved. And finally, Marcus Mariota. We talked about that earlier. I'm not going to kind of elaborate, but you know, we talked about the cheat code. What's the cheat code for quarterbacks running? What's also nice when they throw the ball down the field, and you know, we haven't seen Pitts have that breakout game. We saw London kind of have get more involved. This offense in general has nothing where nowhere to go but up. I'm excited for Marcus Mariota and his Atlanta offense. And Pitts was getting nice targets too. It just you know didn't work out for him, but he was. Certainly looking for Pitts uh, quite a bit. Um, moving over, I talked about Jawan Johnson. So, Chris, if you want to beat me over the head there, go ahead. I've already done it before. Um, I've ar- we've already discussed Jeff Wilson. So we're going to move on to Rex Burkhead. Uh, coaching staff talked about how Rex Burkhead, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that he had out-snapped Damian Pierce. Heard there uh, was, was Lovey Smith, um, you know, af- in his press conference out after the game talking about you know, he didn't realize how drastic the usage difference was, but he's like, man, that's our, our third down guy. And that's our, you know, whenever the game script becomes one where we're down and we need to pass a lot, Rex Burkhead's going to be the guy. If that's the case, I'm going to let you in on a secret. The week one Colts might be the best one, best matchup that Houston has all year is the week one Colts have been awful for the last decade. <laughs> Just bad. <laughs> there's nowhere to go but down for the Houston Texans. It will be in uh, it will be in past situations quite a bit. Uh, and with that, Rex Burkhead will have some nice PPR value, some nice flex value at the very, very least. You know, if he can get 10 carries and then plus a handful of catches out of the backfield, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and call that a success, even if he's not an efficient runner, which he is not. And I don't know if, if this offensive line, early on at least, will be able to, to have many of those. But we'll see. How the hell is Green not starting, by the way? <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was, like, talking shit about their offensive line. And, yep. Um, but, yes, I have no idea. Uh, with you there. Uh, staying in the AFC South, though, Kyle Phillips in the second half there was getting some awesome utilization. He was only on for about half the snaps, but he made them count got an awesome target share on the snaps he was on the field. I think that they are quickly falling in love with this kid. He's going to have a big role. And Chris, I believe you'll be uh, taking the the win on that bet if I had a week one guess <laughs> to this point. Um, yeah, man, Kyle Phillips is someone that I'm adding in a couple spots for sure. And I would recommend people do the same. Um, and then my one buy that 
uh, I want to talk about is Cortland Sutton because the ways he was being utilized for Denver. And I talked crap about Russ a little bit to begin the show. And Russ is a great quarterback, just not uh, going to be elevated to this elite stature that I think was getting thrown a lot, around a lot um, You know, when he first moved to Denver. However, the ways Sutton were getting was getting utilized, it didn't work out in the ways that I think you wanted to envision, but that's perfect. Uh, if you are a fantasy team that can kind of read between the lines, they were using Sutton to go deep quite a freaking bit. And the one thing I will say about Russ, his deep ball to the outside is one of the best in the league. He can, you know, make that play quite a bit. I think that was a Russ type of thing that he was not hitting those um, this past weekend or yesterday. Um, And Sutton's going to be the one that is the beneficiary there. So, again, he only had, like, three receptions for 50-ish yards, but he was getting targeted quite a bit. Um, So, yeah, man, he's someone who I think is going to have a monster season with Russell Wilson. I think this is the DK Metcalf half of that uh, that system that we were kind of talking about earlier. Yeah, I think you made some great points, Adam. I love the usage, but I would also like the usage was we saw him run deep routes last year, but kind of the decoy almost just that's basically all he did run was deep routes. Right. He was utilized all over the field, and it reminded me a lot of Devontae Adams' usage in Green Bay, so that's why I was definitely encouraged, as you kind of pointed out, by his usage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, well, I mean, I think the difference is, is that he's not a decoy when he's going deep anymore, and part of it is that he's doing other things. It's not, oh, I'm just going to stay on top of him and he'll never do anything. Um, he is a viable deep threat every time he goes deep um, because Russ is the type of quarterback that will understand he doesn't need a lot of separation to get a win at, just at the catch point. Um, with that, I hope you guys have gotten um, some transaction advice that uh, you know can help you win your you know week two. And then ultimately, you know, we're all playing to go get some championships. Uh, we like to on this show finish up with one key takeaway for from the week you know what did you learn what are you you know quoting what are you trying to you know make sure that you um you know are keeping in mind throughout the week um so chris what what what's your biggest takeaway biggest mantra of of week one yeah, I think you guys are going to kind of hit on this. I'm going to keep it quick because I want to hit on something else real fast. And I think that's just don't overreact to week one. We kind of warned you before the week one. We warned you all off season. It's week one. Coaches coach differently. Some guys still adjust. Some better at adjusting than others. Some are better at play- game planning the first week than others. So there's a lot of things that kind of move. Pe- offensive lines and defensive lines will get better. Tackling will improve. So there's a lot of things to keep to be determined. But I want to real quickly use up some other time just to kind of mention one other guy to kind of keep on your radar. And I think this is a guy that I hope you guys will talk more about in upcoming shows. Is Taysom Hill a cheat code at tight end? You can always buy tight ends who score touchdowns. But this guy's going to be manufactured yardage, whether it's through the running, passing, or however. That's more valuable than a lot of these other tight ends after he gets you know, past the top five to seven guys. So I just want to throw Taysom Hill as a guy that might be somebody you're adding um, over maybe Jawan Johnson, as Adam kind of alluded to, as we kind of you know, go at. But Taysom Hill is definitely a guy that might have a, a role, especially if you can utilize in the red zone. As Justin talked about, some of these guys like Jamal Williams. Listen, man, I I'm just I <laughs> like the snap count, buddy. <laughs> Jawan Johnson has finally overcome the Adam Troutman so. problem. Uh, at least it's no, I like Cox didn't. Yes, 
Troutsman was only on the field to block. Uh, you know, at least Juwan was running routes all of the time. Whether he was targeted, we'll work on that. <laughs> That's upcoming, hopefully. <laughs> it's a waiver claim. We're taking shots here. Uh, but Justin, any any big takeaways you had for uh, week one or that you want people to keep in mind, um, you know, throughout uh, the season or, you know, just now? Basically, just like Chris said, don't overreact. Uh, don't tilt. Don't start selling players just because of one bad week. Uh, give them a couple couple chances at least. Uh, don't sell them until about week three. Um, and then uh, one of the things I probably would have learned from week one is just don't believe in all the preseason hype coming into the season. Don't get your hopes up on on some players and then watch them crumble. So, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> George yes. Pickens was one. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Denver's run. Damian Pierce was mine. So, along <laughs> with all, many others. So, yes. Yes. Good stuff there. Uh, my one piece that I'll throw out there just because I don't think it's counter to that when you really think about it. Um, but I, I think people might find it difficult to mesh the two together. Um, but yes. Don't overreact to, be, to week one. Don't be the one that's panicking, overreacting. However, while making good decisions, not overreacting, calmly be the one that is going to all of your league mates. I want to buy this. I want to buy this. Like, be the one that's uh, initiating everything. You know, be active trading in every league that you are in. And that will, I mean, if you just win by a little bit in 75% of your trades and you make 20 of them you've made a lot of ground really quickly there um so that's kind of something to keep in mind is don't panic sell but uh make a well thought out decision see if you can buy from someone that is panic selling or even if not see if you can get fair value for someone that you like and get rid of someone that you know value was the right pick at the time but you know you don't like their chances going forward um so, yeah, just make sure you're making moves. That goes for Dynasty especially, but really redraft too. You know, you just want to initiate as much as possible. Um, a lot of times the teams that are making, a, you know, a ton of transactions can do really, really well. That's a yes. great point, Adam. Always step around guys that people are getting panicky on, you know, see if you can buy low. It's an excellent point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that is uh, wraps for this week of Belly Up Fantasy Live. Make sure you're hitting the Wednesday show tomorrow. Uh, I was on that last week. It was a lot of fun. So definitely make sure you are tuning in there. Um, Obviously, they're doing the Start Sit show on Sunday. So make sure you're tuning in there. Um, Justin, what else are you doing? Where can people follow you at? Kind of, you know, like what's up in in your world? Uh. I'm not real big on social media yet. I'm trying to, I'm still getting around to that. Uh, I don't know my, my handles very well. So as I get going with this, I'm going to get, get those more. I'll, I'll have those for, for next time. But uh, yeah, Chris right now either. I'm it's just hoping to join in. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be uh, invited back. And cause this was yeah, a great absolutely. time. I, I really enjoyed this. You guys. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So you're doing uh, ranking stuff, right? Yes, yes. I'm doing rankings over on the Belly Up site. So you should see that every week come up. Yeah, so definitely check those out. Those will be awesome. Obviously, um, you heard Justin is very knowledgeable. So go ahead and check those out. 
Um, when you're making those, when you're initiating those trades, go look at the rankings. <laughs> uh, Chris, yes, yes. What's what's the schedule for the Belly Up MDFF show uh, this upcoming week? When can we see you? Well, I will be rejoining my co-host Dan Mater on Thursday for our look, our look ahead, our claim point Thursdays. Uh, he'll be doing his Wednesday show, Look Ahead Wednesdays, where he kind of covers the early games. Thursday, we'll kind of be doing our predictions, what we expect to kind of happen, some of our ups, our buys and sells for the weekend. Then on Friday, we follow back up with our, you know, ticket making, cashing tickets, um, opportunity to kind of, you know, give you some betting tips, give you some ideas of a kind of like, do some DFS opportunity. We have a great giveaway this past month if you can beat our, our host Dan Mater in the you know competition over the thing and, and enter a raffle ticket, a raffle. At the end of the month, uh, you can get a John Randall autographed jersey. Um, I think it's something you know awesome to kind of play for. Uh, he did not finish first this past week, so there will be somebody else already entered. So you know, join us on Friday for the opportunity, and hopefully we'll have some other you know great tips for when you somebody this past, this next weekend. Awesome, awesome! Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are so so excited for week two. Uh, make sure you check out the other Belly Up Fantasy Live shows. Cheers. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.